Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with The Resurrection. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a Machiavellian plot, and I love films. As Helen Keller once said, Life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. Either Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me makes sense to you, or it really doesn't. That's fair, Helen Keller, I can't really argue with any of that, but you're not leaving much wiggle room for shades of grey, if I may. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. But not this week! This week, I use my newly acquired shamanic powers to bring a former guest back from the dead, and I ask them 12 new questions. And this week, it is the magnificent return of the amazing and excellent Matthew Crosby. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get 15 to 20 minutes extra stuff. You get more questions with Matthew, you get an amazing secret, and you get the whole thing as an uncut video. All that and more over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Your TV homework, as always, is to watch Ted Lasso on the Apple TV app and watch Soulmates on Amazon Prime. One will make you happy, the other will make you question your own relationships. Both are a very good time. So much has changed in Matthew Crosby's life since he last did the podcast. We recorded this one just before the last lockdown. This was like we were between lockdowns, I believe if you have to date it. it depends when you're listening to it but that is so when he talks about like going out don't panic this wasn't we weren't recording this in a lot it was between lockdowns he's a very good boy we had such a good time if you don't know Matthew well you're mad he's a sketch comedian he's a stand-up he's a writer he's got his own hit Radio X show with someone called Led Mambles he's brilliant I loved recording this and I think that you will love it too oh it's a good one Oh, I'll tell you what, you're in for a tree, actually. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 136 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with The Resurrection. I am joined today by an actor, a writer a sketco, a podcaster, a fun club funner, a crunch and crumble crumbler, and since we last recorded this, a nationwide B 
biggest DJ of all time. Please welcome to this show. <laughs> Tony Blackburn's here. <laughs> the wonderful Mr. Matthew Crosby. Oh, thanks so much, Brett. It's uh, so nice to see you. So nice to see you. Thanks for coming back. I think since we last did it, you got a cat. And then Has you had a baby. Since? No, it can't. And have... then Is you it... became a radio DJ. I'm not saying that this podcast really launched you, <laughs> but Is that tr- is that true? Had, had none of those things happened in my life when I last did this podcast? I don't. Possibly maybe, the cat was maybe around. The cat, maybe the cat was around. But certainly, certainly the baby in the radio show. That's all happened fairly recently. I think the baby were on the. Maybe the baby was was in the oven. Right. And I said, that's no way to raise a baby. Get it out of the oven. And he said, I'm new <laughs> to Big this. fan of Sylvia Plath. <laughs> um, but I, I think if the, if the baby was in the oven, then mm-hmm. the, cat was, the cat was already around. Because when we bought a cat, yeah. a few people said, ah, well, that's practice, isn't it? Mm. It's, like a, it's like practice for having a baby. And we were like, nah, it's not, we just want a cat. And they're like, no, I bet you, mm. I bet, you know, within 18 months, you'll have a baby. And I think they were probably right. That was it. Now you've had a baby and a cat. Uh, what are the main differences? Yes. Can I just can I just stress? I didn't have the baby with the cat. <laughs> can I just make that really? I know. I know. There's a lot of rumours going around about me on on 4chan. What's weird is no one's been saying that. It's weird that you keep bringing it up. Um, <laughs> I've got to stop. <laughs> it's weird. Why is he so insistent that he's never had sex with his cat? Did you hear anyone say bring it up? Because he keeps. Mentions. The only person I ever hear mention it is him. <laughs> Does he want us to think? Is it? I, I mean, can... something's going on. Tell me this: having yes. had a cat, and everyone says, "Oh, you're practice for a baby." Wait, 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 when we say had a cat, can we yeah. just? I just want to be really, really clear. Yeah. The cat lives in the house mm-hmm. with myself and my wife, and I've had a baby with my wife. That's just. That's all I want. Just the last thing I'm going to say on it. Just flagging up for the listener again. No one's questioned that, <laughs> uh, but. It's good that he like, wants to clear it up. Just I don't want to make it. I feel yeah. like on Sunday an article's going to come out <laughs> <laughs> that you're perhaps preparing us for. But that's just that's just me. Now, do you know about this? Do you know the story about the? Um, this is this is bad. But there was there was a sort of s- semi-famous comedian who got a call on the uh, on the whatever it would be the Friday mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, in Sunday's papers, someone's done a kiss and tell on you." Right. And so he went home and he spoke to his wife and he settled it, you know, tears and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and uh, and it turned out that a more famous kiss and tell came in on the Saturday. He got bumped out the papers. He never, never made the press. Oh. So he didn't have to go through the whole, he could have lived, he could have carried on living that lie oh. were it not for the fact. Uh, and I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you off the air who it was, but, um, oh. or I'll, t- I'll tell you on the Patreon. <laughs> i know i know you're very big on trying to get people to the patreon yeah so. yeah wow that's a real one that could be your secret if you like yeah i don't know if it's, it's allowed to be my secret but you know why not god that's a what a no, i'd be absolutely furious i mean really the main thing is don't have affairs well sure but if you do but we're all human check if the kiss and tell's real check that you're not having an affair concurrently with a much bigger celebrity just ask your more famous friends what they're up to at the time do you know what that's that's what you need to do if you're out and about and you know in the corner of a bar you see an a-lister smooching with somebody Mm. who is not their partner off you go go it's like it's like the purge you've got 24 hours (laughs) to absolutely go hog wild anything you want to do 
<laughs> you know, you. That's a great cats. Idea. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, but we uh, brought up cats again. But okay. I mean, just I'm just saying, were someone <laughs> you're to saying want cats to do something. could also enjoy themselves. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because you're often because you care about cats. That's fine. So that's far. That wow. wasn't even the you didn't even ask the question, did you? That wasn't the question. No, the question was: people say you're having a cat, so you're going to have a baby. It's training for a baby. Now you've had a cat in a totally platonic way and had a baby in a in a in a loving parental way. Mm-hmm. What are the differences? And was it in fact it, are babies in fact exactly the same as a cat? <laughs> Asking for a friend is, is that a real question? Yeah. yeah. Well. How much training really I mean, paid how off? How much training is it? Not really any, right. actually, in, in, in real terms. Like, for example, right, well, first, you can't, leave the, you can't leave the baby indoors all day and just assume it's going to be fine. Right. It won't be. If something impromptu would happen, like someone goes, oh, by the way, we're all going out this evening. Yeah. You know, do you want to come along? And I'm thinking, well, the cat's at home. The cat will need dinner. Mm. You know, you could probably give the cat dinner when you get home at midnight. And the yeah. cat wouldn't mind all that much. It would sort of be fine. Okay. You could probably, you know, probably leave it an extra twelve hours to change the litter tray. None of that applies to to baby. Baby needs constant, constant supervision. I say this with all due respect, but your uh, your baby sounds quite needy. Hugely needy. Right, right. Hugely needy. I mean, very. The thing is, though, low self esteem or what? What's going on? N- no. Do you know what? Just so lovable that everybody, uh, everybody treats her. You know, in, you know, you know, people who are just they're just great company. Right, you know yeah, that yeah. you don't you, you sort of you you will you will put aside the fact that occasionally they will shit all over the place you know that's you go well okay you know what you are so much fun and you're so lovely to be around yeah. that i will occasionally you know get shit on my clothes that is what cats do though right cats if you go out and they're upset with you they they do a dirty protest that's where a cat is like a baby isn't it a cat yeah i mean cosmo's pretty good she's more likely to sort of wreck the furniture but it's not even as a protest it's more just as a thing she likes to do right. she doesn't tend to, like she tends to sulk more than protest uh, I think that's that. That tends to be her style, and she's already got quite a sort of, you know, she's an uh, exotic short hair. They've got quite sort of depressive faces, anyway. It's Cosmo, your cat. I wish there were a way we could show a picture of Cosmo, your cat. You chose, you chose Cosmo, right? You chose a. We chose an exotic short hair. Yeah, yeah. We chose, and we chose chose the name as well. But there's something about her specific face and eyes that I've never seen on any man or cat. Yeah, she's got a, a very flat face um, and kind of, she's got the same, she's got, this, she looks like she's wearing a Batman mask. She's got that yeah. kind of markings on her with, with uh, you know, over, uh, over the eyes. But it's the eyes, the eyes that have seen too much. That's what, that's what Cosmo has. And, and we've had her since she was a tiny little baby. So we pretty much know everything she's seen. And yet you're, you don't look like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something must have happened in those first seven weeks before she got to us. That really, yeah, went down deep into her soul and has left her indelible mark. I'm starting to see why you keep sort of trying to let us know that nothing's happened with the cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I'm, all I'm saying is, since she arrived, she's been treated very, very well. Yeah. And that look in her eyes is nothing, is nothing to do with post the first seven weeks. She had that, yeah, she had that when she got when, when she arrived. She's, she's, you know, honestly, she's been treated like an absolute king, mm-hmm. but obviously not, you know, not in a kind of, you know, not, 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 not like I'm a courtier. 
you know, not, not right. like I'm a, not, or, or a kind of like a, a geisha or something, you know, I'm not that kind of relationship yeah. to, yeah, yeah. to the cat. To bring up a geisha, I'm not sure they fit with kings and stuff, but that's fine. What, um, what, uh, quick, quick questions, quick fire round. Yes. What's changed for you as a human being and how you look at the world since having a baby? Quick fire. Um, quick, f- yeah, that's a really... <laughs> Isn't it supposed to be, uh, what do you prefer, Star Wars or Star Trek? Isn't that the sort of quick fire, this is the quick fire, fire round? round. This, is the, this is the small talk quick fire round. You may need to go back to your quick fire round and just give it, just give it five more minutes and uh, for a redraft because that's quite a, quite a complex question. Um, I, I hope I'm a bit less selfish. I hope so, because you're always thinking of somebody else. I mean, like in you know, in the in the basic terms, I, I wake up a lot earlier. Right. Like I now, I, I now feel like you know, if I if I wake up at sort of ten to seven, I'll often go, "Oh my god, I've wasted the day." Really? That's the best part of the day gone. Ah. Yeah, it's all it's all gone. Um, no, I, I tend to wake up. I mean, I I, I obviously wake up with uh, with her. Which can be anywhere between. I mean, actually, some some mornings it's hard. Some mornings it's like half past seven, and that's that's amazing. But some mornings it's five or five thirty. But uh, yeah, so so there's there's that. I just like you just you just you just approach things differently because you're thinking of the the consideration of other people. Mm. I think you know. I think certainly my wife and I were were very independent. You know, we we we, we had we had the the kind of relationship where we would be like, oh don't forget tonight I'm doing this thing. And yeah. by don't forget, I mean, I'm telling you I'm doing this thing, you know, and that was both, both of us, you know, going out and, and doing, doing things. And that sort of, that side of, of, of life has, has gone. Right. Don't forget, don't forget I'm going away for six months. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, she's filming at the moment. She's working on, um, uh, she's on set. So that basically is yeah. what's happened. So you're full-time dad. Well, yeah, except there's a nursery and there's grandparents. So, right. you know, she's not in the house at the moment. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's, so, she's not back in the oven, is yeah. she? Although, actually, I've, I've done, you know, there, there, were, there were days when it was proper, when we were proper deep in lockdown, there were days when it was um, either both of us in the house working full time on, on Zoom and writing mm. and, and, and other stuff with, with, uh, with Cleo around, or it was just me. There, was, there were times when it was just me in the house trying to, you know, I was in I was in like writers' rooms, and Cleo was like sort of just off just off camera, watching Mister Tumble on a, on a laptop, yeah. and I was thinking this is this is bad parenting. I mean, if I don't do the job, then she can't have shoes. <laughs> but equally, you know, yeah, it would be it would be quite good if I could. I mean, it was only there was maybe only like one or two afternoons that ended up in that kind of situation. I hear Mister Tumble's got skills and shit and teaches kids stuff. Yeah, he does the Makaton, which is the baby sign language. And that's yeah. been really helpful for, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm sticking on quality stuff for her. You know, I'm not feeding her garbage yeah, here. You're giving her the good shit. I'm giving her the good shit. Yeah. Um, but um, it's got to the stage now, she'll normally wake up and the first thing she'll say, I mean, we've, we've, we've now moved to a, a, a place with more than one bedroom, 
for most of lockdown, we're in a in a um, in a one bedroom flat. So mm-hmm. she was sleeping in a cot at the end of our bed, and so she'd wake up in the morning and immediately just like it would actually it would be like the moment in uh, Body Snatchers, you know, the end of Body Snatchers, yeah. where um, spoiler alert if you've not seen the end of Body Snatchers, but Donald Sutherland turning around and pointing a finger. That's how I would wake up to her being standing in the cot pointing a finger at me because <laughs> she could see I was there, just <gasps> you know, just pointing the finger and. Uh, I, and I would have to start start my day. Now she sort of mutters a little bit in the room. We can hear her. We mm. could, she's muttering away. And she'll, she'll chat away to her toys uh, before she starts calling out for mum and dada. But she started, and I was lying in bed this morning listening to this, and she started calling out for Mr. Tumble. So before she says mama, mama, dada, she's just like, Mr. Tumble, Mr. Tumble. So oh. that's, that's the hierarchy now. It's, she did watch it's too much tumble. Mr. Tumble. Mummy, then daddy. Ooh. I'm third in line. Wow. Not imagine not being in the top two parents. And Tumble doesn't even Tumble doesn't even fucking know. He doesn't know. He must know in the back of his mind. He must know. I mean, I I, I imagine if you're if you're Mr. Tumble, mm. you can't walk down the street without getting mobbed by mobbed by kids. By babies. Yeah. Although actually, presumably he's not walking down the street as Mr. Tumble, he's walking down the street as Justin. And I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if Cleo knows the difference between the two of them. Wow. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if she, you know, I don't know if she's ever watched it and gone, hang on a sec. I think Lord Tumble, Aunt Polly, Justin and Mr. Tumble and Grandad Tumble are all the same person. Holy shit. And don't get me started on Baker Tumble, Chef Tumble and Shopkeeper Tumble. No. God, because once she learns their names, you'll be 23rd down the list. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is it. But they're all, I mean, it's, it's all still one person, so I'm going to count that as one. Okay. But, okay. Um, you know. Matthew Crosby, you have been resurrected. You are being brought back to life. But where in your life would you like to be brought back to? Any regrets you'd like to fix? Or would you like to come back to now? <sighs> I mean, any regrets I'd like to fix? I mean, I could only really... This is like the, the the rules are. It's a bit like in that movie uh, about time, isn't it? You can only fix stuff in your own life. You can't go. I can't. Like if I couldn't go back to a uh, um, a, a wet market in Wuhan, you know, and go, guys, let's lay off the bats. Because... Uh, well, I think you could come back before that in your life and then choose to go there, fly there, and sort it out. If really? You, uh, yeah, you, you're, you're choosing at what what year, what time in your life you come back. Are you going to relive, do the same thing again? Are you going to start stand up again from the beginning, but be so much better because you've done it before? Ooh. Are you going to? I mean, it, it would be it would be bad now if I floated the idea of stopping the pandemic to go. Do you know what? I'd like to go back to the laughing horse competition when I came out, <laughs> went out in the semi-finals because I really think now now I know what the other actors are going to do. I really think I could hone that set and I could at least make it. I could at least make it to the final. There's no way I'm beating James Branch. He's brilliant, but at least I can make it to the final. But it might um, be the five minutes that changes the world. It could be inspires people um, not to have wet markets. But we do know now something quite significant. So I feel like that's, I mean, is it, is it too virtue signally to do that? I feel like now it's in my head. I, I, I can't think of anything kind of more, more significant to, 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 to go to. If I may, what it, I guess for me, what it does is further sort of puts in my head, I go, why is he wanting to put out this image that he's such a great guy? Because 
Is there is it, something? Is it to about cover over to this do... thing that's going to come out on Sunday? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, with the cat. Because you know it would have been fine to say anything, but he particularly picked something like, "Oh, I'd do something really great," and it was with animals as well. It was to do. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's up to you. You could have it. <laughs> no, you know. Do you know what? I think in the in the grand scheme of things, everything's worked out kind of fine. You know, I'm, I'm very happy with where I am. So it, you're coming back to now in my life. Let's just let's 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 forget about all of that. Let's just come back to now. I'll di- I'll deal with the with with the kind of the, the, the general existential horror. This fucking guy didn't even stop the pandemic. Oh my god. I know, didn't even do it. I had the chance. <laughs> yeah. I had the chance to do it. Turned it down because of how it looked, because of how it looked. Yeah, I just didn't want to be one of those virtue signaling cunts on Twitter, you know? <laughs> Guys, it was me actually. I did it. Didn't need didn't need that. I mean, I don't think it counts as virtue signaling when you actually do something. Mm. You know? But still, still here we are. Just for your, just for your sake, Brett. Yeah. I'm going to come back to now. I'm not going to change anything. <laughs> as far as I, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. this is the best possible time to be alive for all people. I think that's a lovely, a lovely thing to say, and also completely true, and as uh, with no caveats. So you've come back. I'm, I'm delighted because it was very sad when you died. Um, oh, it was, it was awful. You've come back to life, and we all missed you. And uh, you. everyone in the life uh, wanted to know about sort of what you've been thinking what's been going on with film really because that's what's that's sort of been the main thing that's happened since you've been away is everyone got even more obsessed with films and uh, wow. the first thing they want to know is what was the last film you saw Matthew Crosby <laughs> the last film I saw before I died just, um, just yeah just recently last just recently the last film I saw recently I saw Britney Runs a Marathon have you seen that film oh, no, Britney Runs a Marathon Amazon um it, I think it was on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazon Studios. Um, well, you know what? This is why you're the host. Because you know information like that that makes people go, yeah, yeah. I, I want to I see some Amazon Studios movies. I, yeah, I was going to skip. brand I can get behind. I was going to skip this little bit of the chat, but if that's an Amazon Studios movie, sign me up. Um, it's, um, that's, um, by the way, that's also a thing that I, I will do. I will have like a, a tiny bit of knowledge about a thing that I've got no other. No, I haven't seen it. I've not got the information no, to have an opinion. But, but yeah. Oh, Amazon, <laughs> Amazon Studios. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen it? No, 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 no. But Amazon you can, Studios. You can. Um, uh, you can get that on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. You can. Sure, <laughs> sure. I think now. If I think if I'm right, it is three forty nine rental HD. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. but if you want if you want to buy it. Only seven ninety nine. So could I just chip know. in because it's actually different prices if you get it SD or HD. So uh, yes, anyway, yes. carry on. Tell us, of course, yeah. Um, but uh, but it was my kind of movie. Basically, it's mm. um, it's a small story. It's literally about a a girl who is unhappy and drinking too much and doing too many drugs, and so signs up for a marathon and becomes a bit of a running nut and becomes a bit distanced from some of her friends but maybe that's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. And then um, at the end of the movie, uh, again, spoiler alert, if you're going to watch it, although not a big spoiler, they show all of the photos of this real person called Brittany, who was the friend of a filmmaker, which I didn't realise when I was watching the uh. film. I just thought it was going to be a fun... A, I just heard a lot of people say it was good and it looked fun. So I watched it, and then at the end you go, oh, it was a lovely story, and it is a lovely story. It's, it, it, it's torn from the, the page of someone's real life. And uh, I thought, it was, yeah, it was great. And also, as somebody who I didn't used to run, and I started running maybe three or four years ago, you know, and became really boring about it. I thought, yeah, this is my, I want to I see this. I want to see, see myself, you know, where's the films for me? Boring white people who run. <laughs> 
I started running in the old uh, lockdown. I mean, we've all, we've all, we've all, we've all, we've all had to run now, right? How do you, uh, how do you enjoy, how did you enjoy it? Because I stopped running in, in, in like proper deep lockdown. I stopped running because no one really knew the rules of like mm. how close we could get to people and how easy things could be transmitted uh, yeah. outdoors. And I was always, and also I felt sorry for people because if I was, if I was running around the, the park and the pathway is say mm. a little over two meters and the people walking on either side of the pathway, which is how you would have to walk if you're meeting up with someone in the park. And then I'm running down the center. I'm like, well, I'm compromising all three of us here. Yeah. You know, this is bad. So I tended just to, uh, just stay at home and do my um, my fitness blender videos. Um, love fitness blender. I love. I, I can. Let me tell Daniel you now. And, Daniel and Kelly. Da, Daniel and Kelly. Yeah. For, for my wife's birthday, I got her the fitness blender branded merch because you know Sweet. I genuinely I, I I think in a in a in a horrible world that the the horrible world that the internet is. Fitness Blender is a genuine oasis of loveliness. All of the comments underneath are like, oh, I tried this, but I found it too hard. And people underneath are going, don't worry, you know, I found it hard when I first started. Keep going, guys. There's no meanness at all. And um, even though, obviously, Daniel and Kelly look absolutely amazing, they don't look amazing in a sort of they don't, do they? intimidating way. They look, they look kind of uh, wholesome and cookie cutter, but not sort of, you know, they're not, not insanely ripped. Not like when you see... You know, The Rock putting photos up of himself uh, working out and it's just, mm. you know, he's more, it's like a relief map. You know what it is? Daniel wears a um, loose T-shirt. You don't yes. really know if Daniel's got a nice point. I was thinking that the other day. I was like, Daniel might not actually be very fit. I can't really tell. <laughs> he's only doing fitness, like the, the fitness videos. Also as well, sometimes they can't do them. Have you ever what, done a video? That's Yeah, that's what's charming about it. They and go, you go, Ooh. sometimes they, they can't do it. Uh, or they've picked a weight that's a bit too heavy and they have to stop and go back. And you go, that's that's everybody who's trying it, you mm. know? That's someone who's getting five minutes into a video and going, oh, I can't do it. But at least they're out of breath as well. I should I should probably, you know, keep yeah. pushing through. I, I mean, I, I really love it. It was a bit like having imaginary friends, mm. you know, because during, during lockdown, you didn't really see anybody. But every morning uh, while Cleo was having a nap, uh, Charlie and I would we'd either do the workouts together or we'd do separate workouts uh, uh, during separate naps. And uh, I would genuinely talk, I liked, I would converse with Daniel or Kelly. I remember there was one time I was on the floor and I was finding, I, I, I don't know what I was doing, but I was finding it really, really tough. And um, like Daniel's going, I don't know, just, just five more repetitions here. And I went, I'm only doing this because you're a friend and carried on just pumping <laughs> away. But I genuinely, and I wasn't doing it to like make myself laugh or anything. I was just, I was on my own. I was gen- that was genuinely how I felt. I was like, the only reason I'm doing this, Daniel, is because we've come so far. Yeah. We're on day 18 of a 30 day training scheme that I've paid 4.99 for. Yeah. So I've got to go for it. And you're, and, and I'm wearing a loose fitting t-shirt. You're wearing a loose fitting t-shirt. Neither of us know, Daniel. We, exactly. Neither of us know the kind of shape we're in. It doesn't matter. We'd, the only competition we are sort of embarking on is between ourselves, yeah. you know, between our own, you know, our own fitness. That's it's, it's good. I love those guys. And I, I do wonder, I just hope they're happy together. They seem it. It's that thing of you'd be so worried if Daniel and Kelly ever fell out. And Yeah. And that's, and, you know, it's a bit like when you look at people on Instagram and they go, don't believe the Instagram mm. world that people project. Of course, I'm sure they have problems no, every every Daniel, couple every cu- every couple does but i'm sure like anything they can you know they can work it out yeah i i i i, I genuinely i genuinely feel that but they've got like you know they've got a lovely life sometimes the dog wanders into shot mm. it's just you know it just seems 
so idyllic. And also when they talk about like the kind of, um, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we were a little bit naughty last night. We had it. We went to a barbecue and I, you know, I drank some champagne and he ate a load of ribs and yeah. you go, oh, you know, they still have a, they still have a laugh. They still have a chuckle. Yeah. You know? the, the only, I guess the only thing that's slightly, that I guess makes me go, are they real? Is that, um, you, you've seen Under the Skin, right? Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that they sort of exist in a white room that has no edges it's sort of this void yeah. that you don't see. Like there are weights on a table, but you can't really see the table. It's like they're floating. They're, everything is just completely white with no edges. You think they're sort of trapped in some sort of bubble that's just sort of... That's my know, worry, they're, yeah. They're, they're being they're kept actually in a... sort of as, as kind of intergalactic prisoners and being yeah. forced to beam back workouts to the earth. Yeah. And one day hoping that, that you know, this workout will be the one that, that gets them free. That gets them right. That's So when you're saying I'm doing this because we're a friend, I'm saying I'm doing this to free you. Right. But again, I, I would I would also do that. They've you know they've mm. they've freed me from my you know from my f- former former self. You know yeah. my both mentally and physically. I'm happy I'm happy to free them. That's you know funny. the movie um, under the, it's under the skin, isn't it? It's this, yeah. We're talking about the the um, all shot in Glasgow. Yeah, uh, Scott Janssen. Yeah, I. It's on the internet. You can get, you can buy it for some time on the internet. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. The rent, rental, I think three three forty nine HD. A little bit cheaper if you get it standard definition. But come on, it's a good film. Get it HD. Put it on the big screen. Film four, I believe. Anyway, go on. I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. Film four. Yeah, I, I I went to see that in the cinema, and as I was as I was coming out, Charlie went off to the loo. I was with with Charlie. She went off to the loo, and I ran into. Jesse Armstrong, you know, who wrote uh, Succession and Peep Show and stuff. And I had had met him uh, before. So I went up and said, oh, hello. Nice to see you. And he said, oh, hi, Matthew. Um, This is my wife. Um, I've got his wife's name. This is my wife. And then he says, "Uh, Matthew um, was the guy in the movie with uh, with a boner and then walked off to the toilets and left me talking to his wife. And I had not met his wife before. And I'll tell you now, I'm not in the movie. There is a guy with a boner in the movie, but it's not me. And so... (laughs) And I mean, I'd probably only met him two or three times before. Well, we weren't, we're not great, great mates, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna, that was the last time I've ever seen him. I, I'd worked with him on, on something objective and then, you know, uh, we hadn't, our paths hadn't crossed. I'm not in Succession Series 3, spoiler alert. Right. But, um, right. but I, I, I remember thinking, like, obviously it was awful at the time, but I thought... Mm. That's a funny person. Yeah. Somebody who's willing to, you know, like, because the joke, he doesn't, he's not even around to see the joke. Yeah. He's just going off to have a piss and a, and, and, a, and a big chuckle because he knows that he's put his wife and a near stranger in a really awkward situation. <laughs> How did you and the wife recover or just? Well, I, I, I just, I mean, I, I, I just, I wish I'd been like, yeah, so what did you think? But I just, I didn't, you know, like pretty, um, you know, pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. That was take 37. So pretty impressive, right? I could have. No, I, I just, of course, said, I'm, I'm, hey, I, 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 I'm not in the movie. I mean, it was great. It was great. I can't can then... get, can get bonus. I can uh, get but... bonus, but I don't know if I could get a boner with a, with a crew yeah. standing around while I'm walking over some black water. Anyway, Jesse's back. Nice to see you too. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much what happened. Oh, man. Yeah, that's great. Is that, is that uh, I, yeah, that's, not, that's not an awful clangy type thing to say, is it, to run into someone? No, like, not, not no. at all, because you've got a great story with it. I think it's fine. I don't really, anyway, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. It's fine. But I'm more worried about the whole cat thing. Who do you think <laughs> should play you in the film of your life, Matthew Crosby? I'm thinking Kevin Hart. 
Yes. Because go on, I can see this. He's short. Mm-hmm. He's got energy. Yeah. You know, and you're guaranteed a pretty good opening weekend, aren't you? Kevin Hart can open a movie. That's true. That's true. People want to go and see Kevin Hart movies. Oh, you know? so you're worried that your the story, the film of your life, doesn't have enough draw on its own. I know from my own experience as a performer, I'm box office poison. <laughs> so we need to bring in some big guns, mate. We need to bring in some high rollers, okay? <laughs> you know, if we're not, if it's not, uh, if it's not Kevin Hart, it's a Bradley Cooper. We need somebody mm. in. You know, it could be a Scarlett Johansson. It could be some. It's somebody who is going to elevate the movie beyond the subject matter. I think Kevin Hart's a great shout, actually. He's got you've got similar vibes. There's a there's a what I'd describe as edgy wholesomeness. I'll take that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah, sort of edgy, but not threatening. Sure, it's believable that I would have been in a movie with my boner out. Yeah, you can you can talk about boners and sex and all sorts, but in a way that doesn't make people feel frightened. So I, I can talk about sex in a sexually non-threatening way. Yes. I'm like the member of the I'm like the the member of the boy band that nobody fancies. But you believe you, you know he's you know why he's there. <laughs> you know he's no, I mean people don't fancy that that guy, but when all the other guys are busy, that guy's that guy's having sex. Oh, he's oh he's definitely having sex. Sure. And maybe you know maybe he maybe he wrote a, a chorus or two. But um he's yeah. no, listen, he wrote most of the songs. That's the the frustrating part for him. He wrote most of the songs, but he didn't sing most of the songs, so people think it was the the That's really right. the really fit guy, the guy with one button done up on his shirt and the rest just open mm. to reveal a gorgeous a gorgeous chest. He's there in a um, fitness blender oversized t shirt. Well, that's Tom Parry, right? I mean, let's be honest, we're talking about uh, Pappies. Um, when we say I, boy what, band, when we say boy band, the member of the member of Pappies that no one fancies. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I'm not having that. I'm not having I don't, that. Now, now you put it that way. I don't know if that's true. I'm not, um, I'm not having I'm not think, encouraged. Lots I of think, people, I fancy you, all right? There, I, I said think, it. Thank you, man. That's very kind of you. I wasn't saying no one fancies me. I said in the boy band, I'd be the member that no one fancies. <laughs> let's, got really let's, let's get this clear. Yeah. Lots of people fancy me. Yes. But Loads in the boy band? But in the boy band, I would be the person that people don't fancy. Okay. okay? Don't yeah. confuse the, the don't confuse the, the 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 simile with my actual life. I'm a very fanciable man. By the way, when you put this podcast out, is there a do you use do you use a photo? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I might I might supply I might have to just I might supply a, dif- a different photo to the, the the one you used previously. The, the reality is, you're going to get an awful lot of tweets going like, I, I would. What are you talking about? I would. And mostly not, from me. Not, what is? is yeah, it's not a thirst trap, guys. This is not. <laughs> Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Maureen, what's this I hear about you going to film school? I am. I want to gain valuable skills while making films and developing my creativity. So I'm attending the New York Film Academy. I'm thinking about becoming one of them people that writes the numbers on the title board. NIFA is a very respected film school. 
I hear they offer a variety of options to meet your educational goals, whether you want a BFA or MFA degree or want to learn at a quicker pace with a short-term programme. That's right. They've got workshops and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, cinematography, screenwriting, producing, game design, musical theatre and more. Are you attending in New York? Might do. They have multiple campuses in some amazing locations like New York, LA, Miami, Italy, Australia and online. And you can learn more about the New York Film Academy at nyfa.edu. That's nyfa.edu. Thanks, Maureen. What is the most romantic film you've ever seen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slightly um, play with the word romantic. In that I'm going to say the, the movie Florence Foster Jenkins, mm-hmm. I think is very romantic about what it means to be alive and to be creative. And there's a, I, I don't know if you, have you seen that movie? That is a really, really lovely answer. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I loved that film. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I just think it's a really, a really sweet story that could have been, you know, it could have been told sort of purely for laughs about mm. this sort of, this woman who um, was a terrible singer, but loved the idea of being a great singer. And because she was very rich, basically, not many people told her that she was an awful singer. And towards the end of, the, again, spoiler alert here, but towards the end of the movie, she says, um, words to the effect of, I may not have sung well, but no one can say that I didn't sing. And I remember thinking, like, I remember thinking, that's just an amazing motto for life because a lot of the time, I mean, I think a lot of people are, are sort of paralyzed by fear. I include yeah. myself in this of not doing things, not trying things, and then sitting there and, you know, either looking at their past and going, oh, you know, I had all these opportunities and I wasted them, or I had these opportunities and I didn't waste them and now they're gone, or these other people have got these opportunities and, you know, and you go, well, just get out there and sing. And then that's, that's it, isn't it? That's, yeah. then, you, then it, you know, and I, I, I always feel that. My sort of my least happy times are the times when I am, and I don't mean like, moment to moment not working but i mean generally yeah i've got no yeah, projects yeah. i've got nothing to i've got no, no creative times and it means i can't enjoy my leisure time so i i can you know i can be with my family and still be miserable because i'm like what have i, I haven't got anything going on mm. i'm not singing Obviously, if you want a you know if you want a romantic movie where at the end it's a it's a love story, watch Shrek or something. But in in terms of that, like the romance of life, then I think I that's that. that's that's a beautifully romantic movie, and it's something I sometimes forget to do as well. That's so lovely, Matthew Crosby, and that is like uh, an interesting sort of flip side film to Inside Llewellyn Davis, which yeah, yeah. Nish Nish chose as like his horror film because it was this idea of like not making it being very being good but never making it and the sort of randomness of this business. But your Florence Foster Jenkins is it doesn't matter, it's just yeah. joy to do it. I love just, that. Just j- just do it. Yeah. And I think well inside inside Lewin Davis is is a tricky one, isn't it? Because he he clearly thinks he should be elsewhere. He can't enjoy yeah. the fact that he writes these brilliant songs, and you know, um, I can tell you, I, I've got another uh, clang story about about that um, that we did a show at the Soho Theatre. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to do our um, uh, Secret Dude Society shows at the uh, Soho Theatre, and um, uh, Edgar Wright, who'd come to see us a few times, uh, uh, started coming along quite regularly and, and, and bringing people along. And he said, oh, "I'm bringing my mate along tonight. Would it be all right if I brought my friend uh, Oscar along?" You see where the story's going. 
Um, and uh, so at the end of it, he said, this is my friend Oscar, by the way. And I was like, hello, Oscar, what are you doing here? And he says, oh, I'm actually, I'm working on the new um, Star Wars movie. And, and, and that's why I'm in London. I went, oh, that's amazing. Uh, one of my friends is, is a puppeteer. He's working on that as well. I assumed he was like a key grip or something. Yeah. I mean, I know, I, I kind of get, I, I got the fact he was probably an actor, but I literally, that yeah. is how little I know about the world of Star Wars. So anyway, I said, come and meet the other guys. And there was like Max in a van and Beast, some other sketch teams there. And I brought him over. I said, uh, this is Edgar, this is Oscar and Kieran from Beasts. Yeah. I, I just immediately saw his entire body change and he was shaking and he grabbed his hand. He's like, oh my goodness, it's such a pleasure to meet you. And I was like, I said to Ivan, who is it? And he went, <laughs> oh, that's, um, that's the bloke who's playing the new Han Solo. And I was like, what? <laughs> Um, he's like, yeah, he's, he's like, um, he's in that Coen Brothers movie. He's like, he's in the Coen Brothers movie. I mean, that's because it's just because I'd actually seen that movie. I, I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know, but I felt, um, is it Oscar Isaacs? Is that his Oscar name? Isaac, yeah. Oscar, Oscar Isaacs. Yeah. And, oh. and genuinely I felt like, because what I then thought was like, am I being that guy? Am I being like, oh. All right, Oscar right, Isaacs, yeah. 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 But, oh, but... working on the Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah, I've got a few friends doing that as well, actually. And, like, I, I, and I, I genuinely... But then you can't come up to him and go, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I know you're a hugely famous person, but I didn't know who you were. I have seen one of your films. It was really good. I have heard of Star Wars. I think it's... I'm surprised that he went, yeah, I'm just in town working on Star Wars. I'd, I'd be keeping my mouth shut. I'd, I'd go, yeah, yeah, no, just, into, just doing some work. Just, in, just, just in town working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He doing the new uh, Star Wars is asking for a lot of questions that you then are not allowed to answer. Yeah, or that I just am not that bothered about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> are, are the Ewoks in it? <laughs> are they? Are they that? Is Mister Tumble in it? Is I don't Mr. know. I've not really seen it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Do you play all the characters? Because that's how <laughs> that's how it works, isn't it? So you, you play all the you play all the Star Wars. Hang on, um, who's your mate? He's a puppeteer in Star Wars. You know what? He's not even. He's not even. He he, he operated the um, BB-8. Is that the BB-8 yeah. guy? But uh, I was working on a. Uh, I was. He, he was. He's an old spitting image puppeteer, and I was working on a, a show with him. Uh. Um, and I mean, m- even then, mate is a, is a strong term. We were working together at that time, but I was. You know, I knew he was going back and forth and doing the. So you're as close to him as you are to Oscar Isaac. Pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the best film you ever saw? that you never want to see again? I'm going to say, because mm. I knew nothing of it when I was going in, I was at university and we'd been recommended by my friend Richard's mum. She said, oh, if you want to see a good film, when it comes to your, your, your uh, campus cinema, go and see Requiem for a Dream. And I knew nothing of Requiem for a Dream, but it sounded lovely. Yeah. Oh, dream. Requiem for a Dream. It's, it's, I mean, I'm sure I know Requiem happens when you die, you know. But still, sounds, you know, mm. I guess, you know, it, could, it sounded like... You could imagine Requiem for a Dream being a Merchant Ivory movie, couldn't yeah. you? know, you could imagine Helena Bonham Carter staring out the window at an Aspidistra that's flying by and yeah. going, oh, you know, woe is my dream, it's about to die. But I had no, I had no clue what I was, was getting into. And it, it really lulls you in. It's so fun at the start. I mean, sure, they're drug addicts. But they really show you the, you know, the the, the, the upside of it. You know, yeah. the the, the hip hop montage side of doing a load of drugs, um, not the uh, well. And they eventually get to the, you know, selling your selling your body for drug money and mm. the, you know, your arm going gangrenous and all that kind of stuff. Again, spoilers. But um, I was crying so much at the oh. end of that film that um, I basically had to be carried out the cinema. I was so unprepared for it. But at the same time, thinking. 
Well, this is brilliant. I mean, it's yeah. it's, a, it's it's absolutely it's a amazing, film. and maybe the best thing is Darren Aronofsky, isn't it? It's maybe yeah. the best thing he's done. But um, yeah. no, thank you to ever seen that again. I remember no, there was you, a. Darren. I remember there was a. Um, they used to do a comedy night at the Prince Charles, and one of the films they it was like you know come and see. I, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was Andrew Bird, but it was like come and see Andrew Bird, and then watch Requiem for a Dream, and I was like. It kind of has to be that way round, doesn't it? Because no one wants the film to end, and you want to go. All right, everybody, uh, who's drinking? You know, you can't, you can't do that. You know, Scroobius Pip made me. He used to have a film night at Prince Charles, and he made me come and do. I used to have a stand-up routine about the film Irreversible, and he made me. I, I say made. It's more like a dare, I suppose. Dared me to come and do the routine to an audience who just watched Irreversible. Oh my god. I Again, mean, Irreversible is a movie I know by reputation, yeah. and I know what I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with kind of how, how it, fit, how it fits yeah. together, and the, and, the, and the scene I'm imagining you talk about. You don't need to see it. No, no, it just it, that sort of thing that just seems brutal. Yeah, it's a bit like I know what Two Girls One Cup is. You know, you do need I, to see that. That's um, I, I don't artistically think I do. more interesting than you think it is. <laughs> right, <laughs> I, do, I just don't think I. I mean. I guess it, it, it's to, to a certain extent, though, the imagination is worse than mm. when, I, when I was when I was um, when I turned eighteen. I hadn't really watched a lot of eighteen movies. When I turned eighteen, I, I decided to rent a, a load of films that had really scared me. So the concept of them had scared me, and so I watched some of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and stuff mm. like that. And I went, "Oh, these are silly. They're you know, like yeah. they're scary, but they're not anywhere." Freddy Krueger in my mind was a lot scarier yeah. than you know. I remember at school there was. So it was some after school class and one time someone had brought some DVDs or some videos, it would have been VHSs at the time, and someone had brought um, Heathers and Evil Dead and they were like, which one do you want to watch? And I hadn't seen either of them, but I looked at the cover of Evil Dead and I, I, I didn't care what Heathers was about. It could be about, you know, the, the fields in Scotland and I would have been like, yes, we've got to watch Heathers. <laughs> Heathers, I have to, please, let's watch Heathers. And nobody else voted for Heathers because it was called Heathers and it was an all-boys school and everyone voted for Evil Dead. And I then had to leave and go home early in the what I thought was like a cool, nonchalant way because I was just terrified of seeing the... Yeah. the I just went, ah, um, oh, yeah, it looks a bit boring, that film. I think I'll... Think I'll go home, and they're like, "Well, you're going home rather than hanging out and watching a film with all your friends." Yeah, just I don't know something about Evil Dead. Looks just a bit crap, doesn't it? Anyway, bye. And I was like, I was again just physically shaking, like, going, "Oh God, what a narrow escape!" I'd have to watch the Evil Dead, and then I watched it. It's like, oh, it's. it's I mean, the, it might have even been Evil Dead Two, which is basically an out-and-out comedy remake yeah. of the first one, isn't it? Um, they're funny movies. You're like, oh yeah, actually going to go home and find out what's going on with the Heather's. <laughs> I think Heathers would have scared me. There's a bit where he gets his finger shot off, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, great film. No, what's, great what's the best action film you've ever seen? The best action film I've ever seen? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. I mean, I've, what are the best action films I've ever seen? I, I used to like war movies when I was, was uh, a kid, like Vietnam movies, but I mean, they're not, it's not action, action, sort of, you know, Apocalypse Now and stuff like that. I don't I think, think that counts. Does it? Because yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you now, I've never, and it's not. This is not a uh, like a badge of honor or anything. Yeah. It's just a thing that never appealed to me. So I've never seen. I've, I've, I've I think I've seen the first Die Hard. Right. Maybe not all the way through. Wow. But I've certainly seen most of most of that. Uh, never seen a, a a Rambo movie. Never seen a Lethal Weapon movie. And again, I'm the right age to have seen all these movies. Yeah. Uh, never seen Predator. I've seen the Terminator films, uh, or uh, the first couple. 
I've only just the only one I've seen of the Rocky franchise is Creed because I saw that when it came out in the cinemas a few it's years good. ago. It's good. It was really, really good. good. I really enjoyed it. But yeah, all of those kind of big 80s, early 90s franchises, maybe it was because it wasn't the sort of household I grew up in, but also maybe it was because I was just a bit too scared of mm. that sort of thing. So action is not like action is not a genre I ever I ever seek out. I thought you were going to do like a, a clever answer like you did with romantic and say something like when I think of action I think of um Erin Brockovich. Ah, a woman taking yeah. action. A woman and, taking and real action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's oh you know what? I wish I had rather than just talking about what a pussy I am. Do you want me to edit it and you say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. No, let's 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 keep it. Let's let's keep it cinema verite. Okay. Appreciate that. Yeah. What was what was your answer then? Apocalypse now. Um, it's a gr- fucking great, let's go, great let's, let's, action let's film. Let's go ap- Apocalypse Now, yeah. I Fantastic. mean, you know, in, ter- in, in terms of there being some big, balletic, uh, well-shot action sequences that don't feel, like, insanely choreographed, I think my, I'm just... This is not in any way, uh, like, I, I'm, I'm not a snob. I'm just... That's just not my sort of thing. Like, I, you know, I love Jurassic Park. Absolutely love Jurassic Park. So I'm yeah. not... Like, I like, I like big films, you know... I like E.T., I like Back to the Future, all those, you know, yeah. Ghostbusters. I just something about when things... I remember seeing uh, Armageddon with my friends in the cinema and just thinking, I can't, I can't work out... My brain can't work out what's going on. Not the plot, but the action sequences. Yeah. And so I just stopped... It's like watching sports. Like, as, soon as, as soon as people start kicking a ball around... Like, I think it's the sort of uh, macho-ness of it that puts you off. <sighs> I wonder if it is or if it's just the scope of things. Kind of like the bigger the movie, the kind of the bigger the yeah. the sort of scale of something, the less likely I am to be engaged in it. And I don't like, so like yeah. I'm not, like I've seen all the the Hobbits and Lord of the Rings movies, but there's something about, mm. I actually, you know, I actually prefer the, the scene where they're all doing the washing up and singing a song. <laughs> I'm the only person. The 50 was, minute washing up scene. I was saying this to, I was saying this to Gamble the other day. I was saying, um, I think I'm one of the only people who likes the talking trees. I was like, oh, this is finally something we can get our teeth into here. These talking trees are a bit of fun. Finally, I hope these trees are going to sit down and have dinner and a chat. <laughs> I like you know if if the trees were in a movie directed by the Duplass brothers, fine. Mm, that's my sort delicious. of thing. Yeah. Okay. Of all the films, of all the films mm-hmm. in the world, if you yes. had to, which film do you think you could have made, and why? I'm gonna say I remember watching it as a kid and thinking, oh right, anyone can do this, and then. You know, that was the thought I had, but then it didn't go. That's what a lot of filmmakers say, isn't it? Before they become yeah. a filmmaker. I didn't, I didn't do that. I just went, oh, anyone can do this. And good luck to those people who do. Um, I'm going to go up and do comedy instead. But I, I, I saw um, Slacker by Richard Linklater. Yes. And uh, I loved Days of Confused. That was the sort of the one that... That, that was uh, a gateway. That was the gateway for, for me. Uh, and then I, I, I went back and watched... I, I knew this guy called um, Ian who worked in Apollo Video in Hammersmith, uh, who I was also, I worked in the Apollo Video in Bromley. We'd met at the uh, kind of Christmas social and um, we bonded over a love of the Pixies. And I used to travel to Hammersmith and he had a much better Apollo because he could con- kind of curate it. And he showed me these, and he always had amazing, amazing movies yeah. on, on VHS. He said, oh, you've got to watch this and you've got to watch that. And, you know, uh, and, and one of the things was, you know, oh, if you like Days of Confusion, you've got to see his first movie, Slacker. And um, it's a bit like, 
an episode of EastEnders. You know how in EastEnders they'll start in the market square and then they'll sort of go into the, the, the Vic and then someone will be crossing the square and go into a house and you'll, then, then they'll leave the house. And, it'll, and it's that. It's basically following a bunch of young people through Austin uh, in Texas for 24 hours or, you know, yeah. like a day and a half. And I remember thinking, oh, this is such a brilliant way of... Because he's not necessarily telling... He's telling loads of stories, loads of tiny little stories about these people, but he's telling a story of what it means to be a 20-something in a kind of... In a, in a city in the, in the middle of Texas, quite an unusual city for the state. And as part of... And, and, and sort of chronicling, I guess, uh, a kind of youth movement, yeah. chronicling what it, what it meant to be young in the, in the 90s. And uh, I remember watching it just going, this is great. I could, you know, I wish he'd done more. I mean, I, I think he he makes amazing films. Is it Boyhood? Is that yeah. the film that he, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like he does, he, he makes sort of interesting projects. Yeah. You know, and also as well, it, they, it was clearly shot over months and months and months. He didn't need for everybody to be there at the same time and yeah. all, you know, he could just go, oh, it's shoot no this. Wonder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll shoot this this scene in the garden and then as long as i can remember where the garden is <laughs> i can shoot the next scene uh it's oh uh, yeah That's i really great. in fact i'm thinking about it now i'd love to go back and watch it again i've not watched it absolutely ages i watched days of confused again recently holds and up. still holds up yeah great, great. did you do it uh, was that a film you, you liked he's very good yeah he's really mem- special I remember there. watching that. Like it was the it was the film I would watch, and then I'd rewind it immediately and watch it again. And I'd never uh, been many films like that. Loved it. Like that. What's the film you have pretended to like to impress people? Star Wars. <laughs> and I've pretended to Oscar Isaac. <laughs> no, I, f- I failed to pretend to like it. No, actually, Star Wars is my real answer though, because when I was uh, when I was uh, at school, all of my friends basically they're into two things which was like indie rock and star wars and i liked one of those things no, no one else liked that thing so i had to be in this group <laughs> but i didn't like star wars so i so i got i, I kind of i, I still to this day and, and again hearing myself say it out loud it sounds willful but i'm not entirely sure i've seen the first three right. 1970s 1980s star wars movies i've definitely seen the first one because i watched it uh, and I, I've, I've seen The Phantom Menace because okay. I was in America on holiday when it came out. And obviously all my friends who love Star Wars are like, well, you've got to go and see The Phantom yeah, Menace because we're not going to get it for another few months. You've got to go and see it and call us up. And that was hard because I then had to send them an email explaining a movie that I just didn't understand. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't even know it was bad. Everyone said oh, it's bad. I was like, well, it's just like all those movies. You know, Scott Capuro's in it. Is that yeah. anything to you? Greg Proops and Scott Capuro in it. But yeah, so I, and I bought the figures. I bought the action figures because they were all really into collecting the action figures mm. and going to boot fairs and picking up the action figures. So I had a load of the action figures, God, and I had you those. You really doubled down on this. And so, and I think, yeah, I, I think I, I think I, there's an aspect of my personality that is quite chameleon-like. I think I'll, I'll sometimes, if I think, well, I want to be part of this gang, I will tell white lies, or I'll alter myself mm. in some way, or I'll go along with things. Um, which is how I joined the white supremacists, because I didn't believe any of the stuff they were saying. And, you know, it's, this, this is the problem. You, you, you go to a few meetings. Next thing you know, they're asking you to get 88 tattooed on your face and you can't be on telly with Lee Mac. Um, no, I, I, 
I, I know that sounds awful. It does sound awful to be like, oh, I'll just change my opinions to fit in with other no, people. I, I think I, I think you 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 would be walking around school going, I am my father, and they'd go, I am your father, and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, I'm my own granddad. Um, but uh, but but again, you know, like it didn't. I don't think I I don't think I compromised myself that much. It wasn't like we mm. spent. Eight, you know, I, I didn't have to. I didn't have to lie loads. Also, I was really into the. Um, I was really into the Muppets, so I, I liked. You know, like if you've got like the the Gamorrean Guards or Salacious Crumb, it's basically like having little Muppets, isn't it? They are Muppets, really, aren't they? You know, well, like, Yoda's like, literally a Muppet. Yeah, exactly. So, so they're you're... they're just they're just like they're just like Muppet characters. Yeah, but um, but again, it, it didn't. They're just not seen in... Muppets in space. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Muppets in space. What's the film you've never seen? that you think it's mad you've never seen it? I think The Godfather Part 2. That is mad. It What's is mad the film you love that you don't expect anyone else to like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can, we, can, I, can I explain what happened there? So, so I texted... I texted Brett today to go, one of your questions I'm going to answer with a movie. Because you, you give people a, you know, spoiler alert again. You give people a list of movies that you like. We talk about this all the time. Try don't, to avoid it. Don't, don't try and don't, don't. We don't want another conversation about uh, Jaws or whatever. But I was like, look, I haven't seen this movie. It's on that list. Is that okay? And you're like, yeah, it's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favourite question. You can say what I, you like. I admire, I admire that so much. That's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. I think you're the first person who's actually enjoyed that bit. I really what, enjoyed it. It's so funny. <laughs> what is... <laughs> it's, it's really why I brought the resurrection back was just for that moment. Just to do that? Yeah. That what, is mad. <laughs> <laughs> what's the film you love that you don't expect anyone else to like? I really, really, really like Scorpio Rising by Kenneth Anger, which is uh, like a sort of short experimental... Uh, psychedelic kind of homoerotic movie made in the 60s okay. and i saw it in the cinema not in the 60s i should add uh in the uh <laughs> looking good man looking good in the mid I'm, I'm doing what i mean you know believable i could have been you know i am actually i'm i'm, the, I'm david crosby from crosby stills nash and young <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm so sorry i've been pronouncing your name wrong all this time. <laughs> <laughs> but i i um I, I saw it in the cinema and everyone in the cinema was laughing because it's, it's sort of 60s psychedelia, depending on your mood, mm. c- can look like it's aged quite badly. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's lots of people uh, dancing around naked and blood. and But, it, like, with, with this with the amazing, like, rock and roll soundtrack. And I just remember it, it was one of those experiences, like, it was one of those cinematic experiences that felt like an... You know, I felt like I was being transported. It felt like I like watching movies from ages ago because it feels like time travel. It's like the closest you get to time travel. Yeah. And I know the 60s wasn't people in the desert covered in blood, naked, dancing. Some of it was, you know. But, um, like, the other night I watched um, Will Success Spoil uh, Rock Hunter. It's not Rock Hudson, isn't it? It's Rock Hunter. Um, which is like a 1950s, late 1950s Tony Randall satire about the advertising industry with, with Jane Mansfield. And I was listening to a podcast about Jane Mansfield. I'd never seen any of her movies. And so I, w- I watched this movie. And it's just, it's just, it's so, it's so thrilling to kind of step back in time. You yeah. know, it's just really exciting to be like, 
you're watching you're watching a completely different movie to the movie they would have watched in 1957 because you're watching you're looking at the way that banks look in the background and you yeah, look at the way yeah. the cars look and stuff and i find that really I, I find anything that that can transport you back into that's what i found that's what i enjoyed about quentin tarantino's once upon a time in hollywood is that i thought he'd captured old hollywood so well that yes it's too long and yes the story's quite boring and yes he's clearly got a, a real problem with women but uh, other than that but if you can put all of that to one side the but it, it's but it, it's it, it's almost like it's, it, the, the way he he made it look like mm. hollywood in the in the late 60s was really kind of mesmerizing if you've not seen it i thoroughly recommend the documentary film apollo 11 because oh you will love it. It's really good, and it's about the moon landing, and it's just all made up from archival material, lots of which was never seen before. But what's really amazing about it, aside from the amazing thing about going to the moon, is all the shots of people camping out to see it, and just the yeah. sort of, oh, this is what people used to look like, and this is how they used to dress, and this was the sort of, this is what people did. They just, it's so, it's a real, like, great bit of, like, history of, like, oh, you'll love it. You'll be yeah, aware of that. just just looking at haircuts. Yeah, yeah, all the haircuts or, or, are or, mad. Or, ac- or accents as well. Like the 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 you know, I, I watched like I watched an old um, episode of Omnibus from 1984 on YouTube the other day. Charlie was Charlie was out, so I thought treat myself. Watch 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 an episode of Omnibus about um, Vivian Stanshall's wife um, restoring an old boat. But um, oh, the, yeah, yeah, too right. Um, but I but I. I was sort of blown away by just how people spoke that, mm. that sort of that cut glass received pronunciation that doesn't really exist anymore. You know, it's just fascinating. And those, you know, these weren't, you know, these weren't reading out the news on the world service. Mm. These were just people in the street. They were chatting to about in, and people in Bristol as well. You, you, you assumed everyone would have really thick Bristolian yeah. accents, but it was, what it do was they just a really, like? Hello, we are in Bristol. Yes, I'm here in Bristol. Well, you know, if it, if, it, if it brings more people to to the, to the city, then it's, it's a wonderful thing. You know, it's like wow. it's. Um, I mean, maybe they were, they were just the people that the camera crews could convince to speak or wanted to have on, on camera. But I just I find anything where it's and it's right there. Like you, you, you can watch it, watch a film from the seventies, mm. and obviously it's the film version of the seventies, not the real seventies. But some of it is great, great, great answer. What is the film that you would show a lover? as a test to see if you should be together. You could call this one The Deal Breaker. The Deal Breaker movie. Could you show your lover and you're like, if she, if she doesn't like this, no chance. Uh, like, I, what, what, I, what I would do is, this is not a film that exists. It's a film I'd, I would shoot it myself. It would be like, you know, one of those uh, Andy Warhol movies and it would be a long tracking shot of my nude body. And I'd be like, if you can get on board with this, good luck to you. It's you know it's just yeah. it, it 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 takes it actually takes eight hours to view. That's how slow the tracking shot is. But it's just it's just all uh, five uh, five foot five inches of myself just tracking down super slow. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm turning slightly. Uh, and um, are you lying yeah. down or are you stood up? I'm stood up. I'm stood up. Yeah. And the and the the camera starts at the top, heads down. The camera starts on a on a bare wall. Yeah. Right. So, so the camera starts. Let's say the camera starts at about five eight. Yeah. On a bare wall. Then. So it's an hour before it gets to your hair. Oh it's yeah. That absolutely. Right. But, um, but it's worth it. So with the pace the camera's going, it's taken eight hours to make the the full journey. Eight and a half hours. The amount of time it spends on your penis is 
couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 at least, at least, at least, at least ninety seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and the film is called Take Ob- It or Leave It. Ob- yeah, exactly. Yeah, this right. is what you're getting. Take it or leave it. Um, no, the film is uh, the film as well because you know he didn't uh, Warhol didn't shoot these things. He would he would loop footage and slow mm. footage down. For me. It'll take it'll take four or five minutes to make make the film myself. I would just right. slow the footage just right, slow, okay. you know, slow the footage right down, mm. and that's that's what I would show. But like, I, I think imagine showing that on a first date, though. Yeah, well, but that's what's, again, that's what's happening. Yeah, that's what's happening. Um, you, Why waste time? I suppose. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Just pop in here. I've just got to show you something for eighteen hours. Go. Let me just let me just fire up the projector. Here we go. We're using this whole this whole wall. It's gonna be it's gonna be life size. I'll pop out. I'll pop out. I've got work to do. I'll come back in eight and a half hours. See if he's still here. If he's still here, well, that's what they did to Andy Warhol because they were like he made these awful long art house mm. movies, and and everyone said, um, oh, you, you your your movies are unwatchable. You haven't yeah. even seen them because he would yeah. film the Empire State Building and then he'd piss off for a bit. Yeah, the Empire State he's... Building's twenty five hours, I believe. Yeah, right? and he's like, and he's like, and they said. Um, you can't, you can't even watch your own movies. He's like, yeah, I could. And so a bunch of his friends got together and when he was asleep, they tied him to a chair and they woke him up and his film was playing. And they came back like 25 hours later and he chewed through the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, that's the situation. And I know this right. is going to sound bad, but that is the situation that's going on. I'm going to come back eight hours later and if they haven't chewed through the ropes, it's marriage. <laughs> That's a lovely, lovely romantic story. What? <laughs> what is the film that made you the most uncomfortable? The most uncomfortable, I think, mm. was watching, and I love this movie, yeah. watching the movie The Jerk yeah. with my dad and my brother. Why? Because it's got rude jokes in it. And it's, you know, like it's a, and I, I, I was, we, we were kids watching this, but I think, I think my my dad was like, "Well, it's a Steve Martin movie. This is going to be all right." It was on, yeah. it was on probably it was on BBC Two or something. So I'm like, well, how how bad can it be? And I remember there's a moment when his family get a letter from him, get a letter from from Navin um, about like the life he's living now in the in, in the uh, you know out, out on his own, and he says, um, "I can send you some more money soon because my friend Patty has promised she's going to give me a blowjob." Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember hearing that and I was going, oh God, my, I was, my younger brother was with me. So we, I was probably, I was, I was young, maybe I was, I was 10. So my younger brother would have been eight. Right. And it was just really awkward. And all three of us were sitting there really just ex, in excruciating silence. And then my brother pipes up and goes, um, I, guess he, uh, I guess he doesn't know what a blowjob is. Which is uh, like, yeah, we all get the joke, mate. There's no need Two to seven. explain... Yeah, it was, it was, wow. he was eight. But still, like, I mean, imagine going, oh, the reason this is awkward is because um, dad doesn't get the blowjob joke. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, you've got a cool brother. If you could show a child one film, just one film, what would it be? And Mr. Well, Tumble's not available. It wouldn't have the phrase blowjob in it. Okay. For starters. Okay. I, I, ge- it genu- genuinely in this... This is something I'm I'm really excited about. Just just showing Cleo any films, a film that she'll sit all the way through is going to be really really thrilling for me. Yeah, and I think you know, like I, I I remember when my little niece was maybe she was three or four, she was little, and um, Frozen was on the telly at Christmas, 
and we'd all eaten a load of food and then we me and her lay on the sofa and she was like laying on my chest and we watched the whole of frozen with her laying on my chest watching frozen and i and i it was it was so lovely and uh and then afterwards her mum said oh that's the first film she's ever sat through she'd never oh, sat through a film and i was like yeah. that is what a privilege to be there yeah. for the first time you go you know a film grabs you enough to stick around and i think well and, and i remember that so that would have been mm. now six years ago five years ago and i remember thinking right when i have a kid i can't wait for that moment and obviously cleo's just a, a little a little under a year and a half so she's miles away from that yeah. but um just like anything at all and i, th- I hope i'm not going to be i mean be, of course i will be i'm not, not going to be one of these dads who's like you've got to watch wayne's world it's so great you're gonna love it and yeah. they're like, well, I don't get any of the references in Wayne. You know, like, you'll just feel like such an old fogey. Yeah. But um, what? I, right, I you're think, five you know, now. We're watching Scorpio Rising. <laughs> <laughs> it's like time travel back to the 60s. <laughs> you know the 60s. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I live with you, Dad. I don't need time travel back to the 60s, all right? <laughs> That's very sweet, that is. Constantly playing Jefferson Airplane around the house. Yeah, I just, I, I, so I know it's, 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 it's quite a sort of like a nebulous answer, but it's the one that she chooses that she wants to watch all the way through. Ah. It's going to make me so happy. What a killer. What a killer answer. Matthew Crosby, God, I'm glad I brought you back to life. You're fucking brilliant. What a joy this was. However, it's been a real, it's been a real treat. Oh, what, what? However, when I brought you back, uh, and I'm not saying, listen, for now I've decided because you were so good on a podcast, I'm going to let you live. But oh. I can't say it'll be forever. Oh, okay, Perhaps I'll fine. have you back on the show. But for the meantime, just in case, just in case something were to happen, who knows? I've got a lawyer here just like you to sign your will. Okay, and in yes, your will, you're only that. allowed to leave one DVD for your loved ones. What are you going to leave them? Just in case something happened. I am going to leave them the movie Ernest Scared Stupid. The uh, Jim Varney, you know, Jim Varney mm-hmm. made those Ernest movies. Yeah. The horror one. Uh, it's the horror one. It's the Halloweeny one. Yeah. yeah. I think because it will add an element of mystery to uh, to my passing. They <laughs> and I also I quite like the idea. They'll be, they'll be sort of, firstly, the people will be going, okay, well, why has he left us this? Yeah. That doesn't seem to make any any sense. Mm-hmm. But I would also for for the for the other reason, I just like the idea of the posh lawyer who's going to read out the will, saying. And to his loved ones, uh, he leaves a, v- a DVD copy of uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> that lawyer sounds like he's from Bristol. He is from Bristol in 1984, yeah. <laughs> That's where we're going to get him from. Uh, Matthew Crosby, what a bloody delight. Is there anything you'd like to tell anyone to look out for or listen to in the coming weeks? Yes, please. Um, I have a radio show on Radio X with Ed Gamble. Uh, Sunday mornings, 8 till 11 on Radio X, or you can get the podcast of the show wherever you get your podcasts. I also do a podcast with my sketch team, Pappies. Um, it's called Pappies Flatshare. Sort of three podcasts. One of them is like a live panel show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a Brett Goldstein I've episode. Done it. Yeah. It. Always, always fun. That is available. And it's, it's, so it's, it's the, the live panel show. It's uh, Beef Brothers, where we solve people's problems. They have with their flatmates, and it's house meeting where we sort of basically just have a have a, a natter. But they're really funny podcasts, and there's a Patreon for that as well. But it's, it's all called Pappy's Flatshare. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Lovely. Matthew Crosby, thank you so much. We've really enjoyed this. And if anything comes out in the papers on Sunday about you, 
we know that you're the type of guy who if they had the opportunity to go back in time and stop wet markets they would mm-hmm. choose not to because everything's fine yeah. <laughs> so thank that's you right. so much yeah that's the kind of person i am and thank you brett and um lots of love and i hope to see you soon yeah lots of love see you soon man good day to you man take care so that was episode 136 head over to patreon.com forward slash brett goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat secrets and videos with matthew crosby Go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a very nice thing to read. I do read them and I actually really love it. Have a look. Go on. And it helps numbers and it means Maureen can keep drinking her craft beer. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this show. Thank you to Matthew for doing the show again. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. To Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lytham for the photography. Now... Come and join me next week. I haven't told you who the next guest is going to be for a while, so I'm going to do it this week. The next guest is an absolute blinder. I have got the wonderful Yvette Nicole Brown. And I tell you what, it is a very special episode and you're going to love it. I hope that everyone is doing very well and I hope that you are safe and that you are happy. That is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week and please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. friends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.